Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can follow us on Facebook or visit our website at BeatitudesChurch.org. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society. Our reading this morning comes from Mark 14, verses 3 through 9. While Jesus was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at the table, a woman came with an alabaster jar, a jar of very costly ointment of nard. And she broke open the jar and poured the ointment on his head. But some were there who said to to one another in anger, Why? Why has the ointment wasted in this way? For this ointment could have been sold for more than 300 denarii, and the many given to the poor. And they looked at her, and they scolded her. But Jesus, Jesus said to her, And to them, let her alone. Why why do you trouble her? She has performed a good service for me. For you always have the poor with you, and you can show kindness to them whenever you wish. But you will not always have me with you. She has done what she could She has anointed my body beforehand for its burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the good news is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in remembrance of her. Good morning. I have a question that... Actually, I always have lots of questions. But in particular this morning, I have a question that I hope that you think about now and as we move forward in 2021. And that question is, how can we begin to think differently and more deeply about the roles that faith, hope, and love have for us this year and beyond. But before we get started, I want to give a little bit of a background on the gospel according to Mark. The gospel is written as an ancient biography And that ancient biography is meant to guide history in understanding Jesus as a person, as well as his cultural achievements. And the focus on Jesus's theology in Mark is really about the Christology, that is, who Jesus is and as well about his discipleship. That means how folks responded to what Jesus was saying and doing. 
In the scripture just read, we heard that there was a bathing of the feet, which is a sign of hospitality. We also heard the term of anointment. And anointing somebody in biblical times was to prepare them for a burial. So what did this woman know about Jesus that nobody else knew? And you might be asking yourself, why are we even talking about a verse that happened before what we've come to know as Easter? We're a week past Easter, and why is she talking about this? Because I want us to think about something in that verse that we may not have thought about before, and that is the actual alabaster jar that the woman carried in. And in that jar, which is a strong and dense stone, was a healing ointment of nard. And the very act of this woman breaking it open caused a disruption. And so today, I would like us to think about the alabaster jars that we carry. What are the things that hold us and carry us? And how do we think about these in the idea of co-creating a ministry of wholeness? A big influence for my sermon this week was Canon Stephanie Spellers. I am honored to be a part of a fellowship program, and she came to speak to our cohort last month. And the way that she talked about brokenness and recreating has really helped me understand what 2020 could be viewed as now that we are post it. And she helped me to understand or really to give myself the, the privilege to ask the questions of what does brokenness and co-creating look like for a church, for our society, and for us individually. Now the things that hold us, our vessels, what is contained inside? What's evoked if these vessels are changed or perhaps even broken? And then what comes after that disruption? How are we awakened by the sense-evoking break of that vessel? So wherever you find yourself, whether you're here in the pews, whether you're at home, in the kitchen, in the car, I encourage you to join with me for just a moment. Let's focus on our five senses. First of all, what are they? We have our sight, smell, sound, taste, and feeling. So feeling as in emotion or touch, right? And so feel yourself right now. What are you feeling? What do you see? 
What are you hearing? What about smelling or even tasting? We just heard a story about a woman who came in uninvited and unbothered to break open a dense and strong stone of ointment to anoint Jesus. And that broken jar is a symbol of the brokenness that invoked all of the senses for the people who were in that room. It was the sight of the uninvited woman who invoked the sound, our hearing by the breaking of that alabaster jar, which in turn caused us to smell, to smell the healing ointment of the nard. And then imagine that touch, the healing sensual touch of ourselves, of one person caring for another. And then finally, we can imagine all of the emotions that existed in that room at that time. Perhaps it was anger, confusion, sadness, shame, forgiveness, and perhaps even joy. So I want us to think briefly about the experiences of the vessels and containers of 2020. What were they? What containers did you use or not use? What were you holding and what are you holding now? And who or what carried us? So the vessels of 2020, let me propose some here for us to explore. The first one is COVID, of course. COVID as a vessel and a container, what could that possibly have carried? It could have carried the actual witness to humanity and Mother Earth being truly connected and intertwined. Perhaps it was also holding the realization that the way that we here in the United States participate in capitalism actually creates the need for an essential worker while not paying them a livable wage. The COVID vessel held the realization that our healthcare system wasn't designed to care for the most sick amongst us at the rates that we collectively experienced these past 15 months. You know, I read in a New York Times article that it says that there are 10 people for every one person who died of COVID-19 who are actively mourning. Friends, that's 5 million people who are trying to heal and understand the trauma that comes with such a great loss. And for me, you can't even think about COVID-19 without also thinking about our bodies. What do our bodies hold? 
in all of the things that we can maybe name or even unname. For me, I realize that our bodies hold the fragility and that what we do with it and to it can actually impact whether we suffer and die or even struggle and survive. Our bodies as vessels also hold trauma. The realization that trauma does not discriminate between young and old, between rich and poor, between the individual and the family, or even our community and society. And that our experiences and understanding of trauma are almost always traditionally repressed. And in communities of black, brown, and indigenous folks, of homeless, of the poor, that trauma is more than many times denied. What does denying trauma do to all of us? Race is a vessel and a container that is filled with the realization that the root of racism is founded on the white flourishing at the sake of black, brown, and indigenous folks, and homeless folks, and poor folks, and incarcerated folks. And that prisons and detention centers served as vessels were and are filled with people who are made a slave in the 21st century, trapped by the possibility of a life sentence in 2020 because of COVID-19. And that's because of the lack of care in prisons and the lack of care by society beyond prison's walls. And finally, I wonder if we can imagine the church as a vessel and a container. What did we hold? At one point, we held rituals and ceremonies and services and worships, Bible studies, book clubs, midweek prayer groups. And even before COVID, I think churches held the questions of, how are we going to survive? And in COVID, thinking not only about how are we going to survive, but how do we remain relevant? And perhaps even the church as a vessel was holding the questions or even the possibility of a realization that the decline of churches and attendance, in part, could be related to the violence that we have supported through our theology, through our actions, or maybe even perhaps the silence and our desire to not rock the boat, to not break away from the status quo. Sit with that for a minute. How does that make you feel? What vessel could possibly be big enough to hold everything that I just shared and so much more that was unnamed. Thank goodness that vessel broke open. You know, we have so many stories about a God, about Mother Earth and Sister Wisdom that have guided us with these stories through these lessons of growing through the brokenness. 
And when we read those stories, we often see that, you know, we didn't get it right. The Bible's an example. There's lots of stories where we didn't get it right. But each time, I believe that we got better. So going back to that question, how can we imagine and think more deeply about the roles of faith, hope, and love in 2021? For me, I'd like to propose a new alabaster jar, a new vessel, one that I would call dreams, freedom dreams. And in these freedom dreams that we carry, the reimagining and the dreaming now that the world has broken open, that we have been so disrupted, that we have so little to lose, but so much more to gain. And in these dreams, we hold the self-realization through honest, love-seeking examination. And, And I know that this is going to be hard. I am 47 years old and have just started to see the depths and the valleys and the layers of my own experience. So to try to find healing in those things, in the realization of it, in the middle of a pandemic, how do we do it? I don't have the answer, but I know it's going to be hard. And I know personally for me, I'm not going to give up because I'm ready to start to co-create and reimagine or even imagine wholeness with each of you. And for me, I, I imagine that freedom dream vessel holding faith, the faith that we can co-create a world where the whole human is in relationship to Mother Earth and Sister Wisdom and one another. And that I have a faith that we can actually begin to model Jesus's ministry, bringing in those that gave up their livelihoods to follow him, drink with him at a well, break in unbothered and uninvited to anoint him, to sit in fear and sadness while drinking wine and dinner with him. And Yes, friends, even inviting in those that betrayed Jesus. Because that's what Jesus gave his life for, that very model. And again, in these freedom dream vessels, I I believe that we can carry hope. A discipline of hope, a discipline of faith that guides us towards not taking the broken pieces of 2020 and putting them back together to create something that looks very similar. Because that can't be done. It can't, and we should never go back to that. There's an activist and scholar, Mariam Kaba, who uh, I follow a lot. And she wrote an article for The Intercept last month where she talks about hope being a discipline. She says, what keeps me going is that hope is a discipline and less about how you feel and more about the practice of making a decision that you're still going to wake up in the morning and put one foot in front of the other and noticing that we're still going to struggle 
while also really, this is really important, she says, for us to remember to live in the world by being of the world. The important thing that in hope that we know that we can always build, break, and build again, but each time doing it differently and bringing in more people. And if you know me, in my freedom dream vessel, I want there to be love. A love that helps us to begin the life of Jesus pre-resurrection. And finally, a love that even in the spaces that we sit in, whether it be churches and synagogues and mosques and gardens, that we can begin to see the traumas that were caused by race, gender violence, the policing of bodies, imaginary borders, and capitalism. And then we can use that love to begin to heal by developing new spiritual practices where the breaking and the disruption doesn't allow us to lose faith in each other, to lose faith in the future. But in that breaking open, it shows us a new way of living, knowing that we need to and we can live differently. And this time, hopefully, living through a spirit of love. Otherwise, what are we using our faith for? How can we actually see brokenness as a gift? Because if we see brokenness as a gift, we can begin to celebrate the opening of the vessel in order to co-create a world where we can be whole, where we can be loved, and where we can be with each other. Personally, I'm hoping that my faith continues to guide me to help others see that putting people in cages and policing people's bodies and policing imaginary borders will not make us safe. What makes us safe is us. Let me say that again. What makes us safe is us. And to do this, I believe that we have to turn away from profiting off of each other's bodies. It means that we have to have really hard conversations around violence, to have conversations around race, gender, our language, our tone, capitalism, and then begin to turn towards a wholeness, and that wholeness that can only happen through the healing process. And I realize that I can't do this alone. I talk about co-creating. I've talked about it in this sermon, but I can't do it by myself. So welcome to my invitation inspired by Stephanie Spellers, where she says, how can we love the church and our faith and each other enough to allow it to crack open and then just sit with it. 
because she says that God never intended for us to leave anyone out ever. Friends, beloved community, comrades, brothers and sisters, hold me and I'll hold you. And carry me and I'll carry you. And love me and I'll love you. Amen? Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can help us to continue this program by making your donations at BeatitudesChurch.org backslash online dash giving. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society.